trail it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, our Jesus Christ is born. Now in a lowly manger, the humble Christ was born. And God sent out salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, our Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watch, or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, our Jesus Christ is born. Amen. So the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be the very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this be? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she was conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Um, so I feel like I've, I've thought about Mary for my whole life because that was who I was named after. And I was just telling my mom, I, I remember being kind of resentful of my name as a, as a little kid. I wanted like a cool, trendy name. And I felt like Mary was like really plain and boring. And, um, it was probably in my early 20s, I, I was listening to this song that, that Lee's about to sing, and I had this like real, like just epiphany kind of moment of um, how much strength and how much 
um, just faithfulness that Mary had to 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 receive this grace and receive this blessing and receive this um, you know uh, calling to to not just be a mother but to be the mother of God to be the one who who brings Jesus into the world and um, and she was I mean I, I think you know, scholars have, have looked at this and said she was between 12 and 14. She was just a, she was just a girl. She was, she was just a child. And, and to undertake that, to undertake that is just, it was so profound to me. And like, um, I don't know. And it, and it just felt, I, I kind of like had that realization that that name Mary has so much grace and so much strength kind of embedded in it and and of course it's not um it's not just anyone named Mary it's it's all of us can be called to to be strong and and to be to surrender to that grace that that God can give us and and like we were talking about last week that we all have that ability to give birth to Christ in our world and um yeah so ever since that moment I've really loved being named Mary and um and just am astonished and um, I don't know, I, I just, I love this story and I love, I, I love to, to look to Mary, especially when going through these like troubling times and, and when things don't work out the way we want them to, you know, it's, she understands and, um, and yeah, I think I think we can all all look to her for for comfort in in those kinds of moments. Thank you, Mary.
Thank you, uh, Lee and Mary. That was a beautiful song and beautiful words as well. And now, uh, if you have not already done so, done so uh, our, our first candle tonight was um, the candle for hope. And so if you want to light, if you have an Advent candle in your house or a candle, feel free to light that candle at this time just for, for Christ, our hope. And now... Uh, Mary Porter has our, our next reading, and she's going to talk about uh, another part of the, the story here. <laughs> Unmute. And, and this is Luke, uh, 46 through 49, and Mary is um, answering Elizabeth. And Mary responded, Oh, how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in God, my Savior, for he took no notice of his lowly servant girl. And now generation after generation forever shall call me blessed of God, for he, the mighty Holy One, has done great things to me. Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> Craig asked um, me to do this and mentioned pondering and um, what this verse might um, bring up for me. And I came up with two different parts of it. The first one um, was the part about um, the Lord took notice of his lowly servant girl. And something about that really struck a chord with me because um, oh, long ago I went on a weekend workshop and it was about personality typing. It's called the Enneagram. And there are nine personalities in this Enneagram. And um, one of the things that was kind of fun about this one is that in, in addition to di diagnosing <laughs> our personality, um, there were additional things that went along with this, tasks that related to this type of personality that would come up in their life, um, issues good, um, things that were good about our personality and things that were challenges. And my personality um, always had um, the thing about being worthy. Um, and that was, it was one of my life tasks, they said. And as it turns out, it has been. In my head, in my emotions, just never quite feeling good enough. And like our first Mary who spoke, I have identified with Mary over my lifetime just because of our name. But I really identified with this in just being a humble servant girl and how could I possibly be worthy? And I really was just thinking about how the more I stay in spirit, the more worthy I become and just want to glorify God for that feeling of when I am in his grace, being, being enough and being special and being worthy. And then the second thing I started thinking about was, wow, if I was Mary and this angel came back when I was 16 in the 70s, an angel came to me and, you know, said, okay, this is going to happen. I might have believed it, but then when I went to tell my parents, this was going to be rather difficult. And we've heard these stories in our life about all these things that Mary had to go through, but what I was thinking while I was pondering that is, so God would not have come to me <laughs> because my parents would just not have allowed this. <laughs> Something would have had to change. And then it dawned on me in this pondering how Craig has talked about saying yes. Mary says yes. We say yes to God. And then I don't have to fix my parents. Somehow 
God's grace would have made all of this come to pass. And all I had to do was just say, yes, God, and then the pieces would fall together. And so this has just been a wonderful passage for me to um, ponder and to think about and to grow from. Thank you, Mary. And thank you for sharing your pondering with us. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> and now I'd like to introduce, uh, I didn't see her on here, but is Coco on and she's going to share a, a song for us here. I'm going to play Angels We Have Heard on High. Um, can you hear these two notes? Could you hear those? Sure can. Yep. Okay, because I'm playing this lower than usual in case I didn't get Dana's perfect instructions done perfectly. <laughs> Ooh, this is nice job, JC. <laughs> Thank you, Coco. <laughs> and uh, with that last reading and, and song, uh, if you have a, your Advent candles in your house, we lit a candle for uh, Christ our hope. So if you have one of those, uh, another candle, please please light that candle as well. And now we'd now like to, we'd like to, uh, I'd like uh, to introduce like uh, Aaron and Ben. They are joining us uh, from Wisconsin tonight. And they're going to read the passage where, where Mary and Joseph, where Mary actually gives birth to the baby Jesus here. So. Merry Christmas. 
Can you hear me all right? Yeah. All right, we're reading uh, Luke 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Uh, Craig asked us to reflect on this because we're expecting a baby. Um, we just made it to eight months yesterday. Uh, so I have a lot of empathy for Mary. Um, yeah, this past interesting. I wanted to understand more about why they why a census needed to be taken. And actually, this has been my line in many a Christmas pageant as a kid, uh, reading the the decree from Caesar Augustus. Um, but I took some time to to look into this, and um, it's interesting to me that. During this time, this is, of course, when the Israelites were still, they're occupied by Rome. And Ben helped me fill in some background information that this is following um, a 70-year exile to Babylon and two occupations by Greek, uh, the Greeks and then the Romans. So um, Mary and Joseph are living in an occupied territory as oppressed people. And the the census was to help, you know, know where people are and essentially continue to exert control and financial and, and other control over these people. Um, so that was really interesting for me to think about as like a backdrop. And then Mary, you saying that Mary was 12 to 14 years old. Um, I had forgotten that. And wow, that really just puts things in a completely different context. Um, some other things that I, I, I checked out, we have this really cool Bible that um, has a lot of this historical information and um, Ben and I spent a lot of years as wilderness guides and I still work as a wilderness therapist. So we go, I go backpacking every week to meet my students in the field um, and Mary and Joseph on their journey um, to Bethlehem, they covered about 80 miles um, and it's, I looked at the map, it's pretty, pretty mountainous. It's like 1,500, 1,600 feet in elevation up to about 3,000. Literally, if you went as the crow flies, it is, they're hiking over mountains. And back in the day, these were also, um, they were more forested than these areas are now. I think I often think of the scorching desert when I think about, <laughs> biblical times. Um, but it, for me, that's really just interesting to think about these people traveling by foot or via donkey, and then doing that at, gosh, Mary must have been eight or nine months pregnant at this time because she 
gives birth when they get to um, to Bethlehem. Um, yeah, so I so in my daily life, I I hike out every week to see my students. Actually, uh, cumulatively a couple miles, and I'm doing that as a pregnant person. <laughs> And um, I just cannot imagine making that type of a trek. Um, and then to do this with, for Joseph and Mary to do this with each other, not married, you know, back in the day. Again, they're, they're an occupied people where they are the minority, they're controlled. So gosh, was it safe? Um, and then to, you know, they, this was a many day journey. So to rely on the hospitality of the people around them, like where did they stay? What did they rely on for food and water? You know, and the trust that had to go into not only trusting God, um, you know, through the pregnancy and also following these commands um, just as, as faithful people, um, but also having to, kind of trust the community and the people around them. Um, and then we get to Mary actually delivering. And I have to say delivering in the wilderness is my number one fear right now <laughs> in my daily work. Um, it's, it's something I do not want to happen in the Wisconsin winter. <laughs> um, and, you know, here is, here is Mary and, and Joseph, you know, they don't have a place to stay. And I think of, you know, immigrant families in our country, um, people crossing the deserts. I think of just people who do not have means like, gosh, that was probably pretty, just very not comfortable, <laughs> um, much less giving birth. Um, so, so in my mind, I'm thinking of all of these things. Um, and then the idea of, what is enough? You know, Mary had literally bands of cloth, strips of cloth to wrap Jesus in and laid him in a feed trough, you know, and, and here I am making lists of things that we need before giving birth. And I know Ben will remind me of this later <laughs> as we're making final arrangements of what is enough. Um, but here is, you know, the king of, of the universe wrapped in bands of cloth delivered by a teenager laid in a cattle trough outdoors and and here is God among us so to me that really brings to mind um just you know what what is enough and that the message of Christ is not a material message it is that we we together are enough we are the beloved community you know, we are here to take each other in and to be light and to be love and to be freedom in an oppressed time. And that's, those are the things that I thought of. Thank you, Ben and Aaron. And yes, it's wonderful to, to realize that, that God is enough. And that is uh, that grace and that gift of beloved community it's enough to, to move us through anything that we may face. And, and we never do that alone, but we do that with one another. And, and one of the things I will cherish about this Christmas Eve, uh, being on Zoom here, 
is having this community and all of you have spent time in Mancus and we've moved on to different parts of the world and the country, but we're still united in spirit. And, and I love the verse that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Romans there, nothing. And that includes a pandemic, that includes distance, that we're always united in, in spirit and in faith and, and standing there and for one another. And it's a, a beautiful gift that we celebrate here at, at Christmas. And now I'd like to um, thank you all for sharing that. And uh, it's great to see you all as well. <laughs> and uh, like the, Leah is going to share another another song with us here. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Thank you, Lee. It was beautiful as well. <laughs> I like that redemption there, the, the version you played rather. <laughs> I butchered that word, Jennifer, let me know. So I like that version. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, in our um, our last reading there, if you are if you have your um, Advent candles at home was the candle of joy. So feel free to light that candle. Uh, traditionally, it is uh, a pink candle, but any candle will do here. 
And now I'd like to introduce uh, Amy, Amy and Michelle here, and they're gonna have our next reading. Okay, can you all hear me? Okay, all right. Uh, this is Luke chapter two, verses eight through uh, 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And Amy's doing the pondering, not me. <laughs> Michelle ponders plenty. But um, for me, with 2020 and all we've been through personally and then all the COVID stuff, I the word fear really, uh, really hit home with me and in this passage. And I think of the shepherds and I think God chose more than one to go to look for Jesus. And two, I think that um, much of the Bible, people react to what God is, wants them to do out of fear. So if you look at the Old Testament and even a lot of the New Testament, they're like, you need to fear God. You need to, you know, everything is based off of fear and doing, uh, following God's vision or lead. And I really believe in this passion, passage that there is no way that the shepherds went to look for Jesus with just a star to light their path and guide them only out of fear. And I love how the angel says, fear not. And to me, we like the candle of love. Christ our love because they don't go over hills and through thickets and rivers and everything to find Christ by the light of a star out of fear of God. They go and they look and they go through all that trouble. They leave their sheep with uh, some other shepherd, who knows who, maybe it's the little brother that never uh, never does a good job and always loses the sheep, but they go ahead and they do it. <laughs> they leave the sheep with someone else and they go looking for Jesus and they do it. They finish the job out of love. They do it because they love God and because they want to know more and because of that hope of a future peace and that hope of joy and because they love God so much. 
So that's why we celebrate this season and light this candle of Christ our love. Thank you, uh, Amy and Michelle. These beautiful words as well. And now Alice is going to, to share a song with us, uh, which is Holy Night here. About that. Thank you, Alice. <laughs> now, would like to invite uh, Eric and, and Makui and, and Levi for our final, no, our penultimate reading, actually. So if they could, uh, they can go ahead and read. 
Okay, Levi, I was just sleeping, so we'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shepherd, shepherds visit Jesus. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the things that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which uh, was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. So Craig asked me to um, just meditate on those words and share what I had. And I think as a mother, the one thing that has resonated with me from this reading is how much we cannot control what we create. So I did prepare my words because I just was not sure how it was going to go with all of us. So I'll go ahead and read. Um, we read that Mary was keeping within her all these things, weighing them and pondering them in her heart. What was she pondering? She was pondering the words spoken to the shepherds. For to you is born this day a savior. Jesus, her newborn baby, already belongs to others. The son she had just given birth to was not her own. What we birth, what we create, affects the world around us. It has a ripple effect. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions are always creating something. Therefore, we need to pause, ponder, and weigh them because they are not isolated. They are not neutral. They are not personal. God created us all this way. Like Mary, we have a special call in our lives. We all are co-creators. Like Mary too, what we create is a blessing and will bring us great joy and give our lives purpose and meaning. And yet it requires sacrifice and it will come with a share of pain. We will suffer, we will be misunderstood and we will experience darkness. How will we get through the hard times, the disappointments, and sometimes the overwhelming sense of insignificance that we all feel? Aren't we just a speck of dust, a drop in the ocean? No, we must remember that we are here because God wants us to be here. Like Mary, we are part of his salvation plan. When Paul tells us in Romans 8 that all creation groans in pain, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, he is not just talking of an end time event. It's about the now too. We are here to usher in the reign of God by what we say and by what we do. There is a call for every season of our lives, a unique work that only we can perform. In the words of Rabbi Sachs, we are here because there is a kindness for us to show a gift we were made to give, a love we were made to share, a loneliness that we are meant to ease, 
and a pain that we were created to help heal. So let us habitually pause, pray, and ponder over God what, what over what God wants to co-create and redeem in and through us in order to bring his joy, his peace, and his salvation to this fractured world. Eric and Makui, beautiful words to live by. Yeah. What, what, we, what do we create through all of our words? And uh, our final candle tonight, I did ask Eric and Makui if, they, if Levi wanted to light the Christ candle here. I think I see him moving around back there. <laughs> no. <laughs> so if you have your, uh, your final candle tonight is the, the Christ candle. And may we all just ponder those words and ask that we're all meant to give birth to that love, the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of Christ. And our, our, our final song here uh, tonight, we're going to, we always end with a silent night. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed something. Uh, Kim has our final reading. Hi. Okay. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So this is from um, John 1 verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. So I love this passage. Um, and as I reflected on it, as Craig asked all of us to ponder and reflect, um, I was just really struck with I feel like for me, a new perspective or a deepening in perspective of light, of light and darkness. And I think oftentimes they're, they're presented as being like opposite to each other. And I feel like what, what, what's really moved in me is that, is that the light and the darkness work together. And, and as we've been talking about, um, you know, Mary giving birth to, to Jesus this evening, it just hit me at you know, we're born in darkness, like we're grown, we're developed in in the womb, like we're in, we're in darkness. And so from that darkness, like then we kind of go through some pain or well, the mom goes through some pains. <laughs> I don't know if the babies do, but, but there's some pain. And then, then we're birthed into like the light, like the, the baby is birthed. So Jesus was birthed. So the light was birthed into the world. And, and so it's like from the darkness comes, you know, comes the light. And which even then when I reflected on this passage, like to me, it came, it brought me back to creation and like from, from creation, from the chaos, from the empty, to me, I always see it as like the mystery, the black void, then all of creation is brought forth. So it's like from that darkness comes life, comes light. So I just got really um, excited because I, it's, it's like, oh, they work together and, and they, it's like, they, they, they feed and nurture each other. Um, 
so rather than it being in opposition, it's in collaboration. Um, and then the other part that I didn't actually read, but as I kept reading in John, that just seemed really relevant to today is um, in verse, it's in um, chapter one, but it's um, verses eight and nine. So they're talking about um, John and it says, he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. And so the two things that stand out to me, it's like the true light. So Jesus, who's bringing forth the bringing forth Christ, um, is coming into the world, which enlightens everyone. And that what I also take from this passage is that John is showing us that we need to testify to that light. And so as I think about tonight, like as we, as we go to bed tonight, you know, we're on the eve, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, um, to me, it feels like the opportunity, like when we're in the darkness tonight to receive more of Christ's light tonight. And that when we wake in the morning, so as the sun arises out of the darkness, can we, after we've received this, like, can we be that light? And I remember, I think it was Larry on Sunday, forgive me if it wasn't Larry, but I think it was Larry was talking about like embodying Christ. And for me, it's like, I think that's what Jesus was really showing us. It's like, how do we like embody God within us and be that light and shine that light? And so for me, that's what I take from what I take from this is like, can we tonight open our hearts, open our minds to receive Christ's light and to when we wake up to be that light in the morning and to witness and testify to that light in each other? Because we, as we know, this year has been it has been a year and it has been a year of walking through struggles and challenges and darkness and trials and tribulations. And I feel like that it's like, I feel like we've been in the womb. We've been in the like growing pains and we're about to be birthed anew. And I feel like tonight is the opportunity that we can really receive that new level of light and consciousness to then bring that into, into the world beginning tomorrow morning. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. That was beautiful. Yeah. And that's a, a, a good message to remember is that out of the darkness, like the child spending time in that womb, that comes the light. And we spend time in that darkness and it's not always comfortable or always welcome, but God works for good in all things. And so for our final um, song tonight, and uh, if y'all are okay, if everyone could kind of turn, uh, speaking of light and darkness, <laughs> if everyone could turn off the, the lights in the wherever room you're in, and we're going to light one candle and sing Silent Night together. And um, I'm hoping we can go to a gallery view here. And so we can just see everyone just sharing that light. So if you can turn the lights yeah. off in your house and uh, we traditionally, we, we pass the light from one person to the next here. And uh, Jennifer will lead us in the, the singing of Silent Night. And you're welcome to sing along as well. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, 
holy infant so tender and mild sleep in heavenly peace sleep in heavenly peace silent night holy night shepherds quake at the sight glory stream from heaven afar heavenly hosts sing alleluia Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, silent night, holy night, wondrous star, then thy light with angels let us sing Alleluia to our King. Christ our Savior is born. Christ, our Savior, is born. Thank you, Jennifer. And uh, thank all of you for uh, sharing your, your words of wisdom, sharing God's grace with us here tonight. And it's it's been a different year, for sure. And um, but have absolute confidence and faith that God is working through our world and each and every one of us. And one of, uh, I call it sometimes the refrigerator verses. <laughs> and that one that I like to keep on the refrigerator is the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And as we leave here tonight, may we just know that each of us are carriers of that of God's light and God's grace. We carry God's hope, peace, and joy, and love into the world. And I have no doubt that love perseveres and that love wins. 
And so we spend time in the darkness, but it's God's desire that we may all be one. And I just have complete confidence, not a matter of if that'll happen, it's just a matter of, of when. And I just see so much beauty and so much grace present here today. I never thought I would be able to feel that even on a Zoom call, <laughs> but we can feel that that presence of God working through us and that light does persevere. So Merry Christmas to everyone here tonight. Enjoy the time that you have uh, with yourself and one another. And may God's grace be with us. Amen.